Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaqub, and I am doing part two of the topic on architecture practice. Everything is personal. This particular topic, um, I posted it just recently. In fact, on the Facebook, it was just yesterday. And um, the topic um, is a critique on how one goes about doing one's role in life. Just say one is an architect architectural student, architectural designer. That's the best that I could discuss because that's the profession that I entered into. And I propose that um, it's important to take everything personally, to not be detached and impersonal about something. So... There are people who have mentioned this um, and commented in the Facebook and criticized uh, the educational background or the upbringing of certain um, individuals. And I assume that these are people who are the employees of this um, establishment and the person who's commenting it is the employer. Um, that um, the critique is the attitude and aptitude of individuals coming into employment um, in terms of their personal conduct um, in office Environment in the office environment, the way the behaviors of individuals, how to conduct themselves in office function, <coughs> how they conduct themselves generally in terms of how they present themselves, and um, seemingly some hypocritical ways about them and. The critique is tend to be uh, focused on manners and mannerisms and behaviors that are acquired and is prevailing um, from a certain background. So I'm not going to go into it too much, being mindful that this may trigger, <laughs> may upset people, but I think I could remember when I went to the UK, when I studied in England, I studied at, the first time I came to England uh, was at the age of 23, and then age of 25, I had to be employed in an architecture company. I was very much into my own culture. <clears throat> And um, I, perhaps I was not really having the most 
culturally correct behavior at times. Uh, I don't drink alcohol, so I I don't participate in some of the um, pub meetings, and um, and you know I I I I would um, be mindful of certain gestures which. I felt that was going against my religion. So trying to be um, understanding of what went through me and how um, I was being very mindful of certain things. But I suppose that culturally is okay, but uh, accepted norms and how you want to conduct yourself in in an office environment because you're part of a um, culture, office culture, and expectations of your employer upon you, how you should behave in social um, social situations is um, something that um, if the, the employer feels that it was, it's important that you, you conduct yourself um, as what is expected, then you need to learn, obviously, because you, you want to be in that company. You want to be in that employment. As we know it, this, this makes me think about when graduates of mine or any graduates uh, from the first part or the second part enters into an office, they bring themselves their own cultural perceptions, their own social perceptions, what I could only um, assist in is the architectural um, knowledge and skills. When they were with me, when they were taught um, in the studios and so on, I mean, I'll be mindful of their, uh, whether they are drawing well, whether they are have a purpose. Okay, at least there is an attitude that I want them to uh, have, which is hardworking regardless of whether they're very very talented or not. And hardworking uh, is one value or one uh, predisposition that one acquires when one is disciplined. I think when one begins to appreciate being disciplined, that being ordered or being uh, ordered in a way that they appreciate discipline, appreciate the timing of things, appreciate... Um, if they were late in delivering the submissions or the projects, at least they have a conversation about why they are late and uh, be more truthful and sincere about what their problem is. Because in a university course environment, I'm not paying them, right? I mean, they they pay me to teach them. So it's, it has a different resonance. They have different, like, agreement um, even though you don't profess those agreement verbally, but you you understand that that you you coaching the students. The students may expect things from you. They're the ones expecting things in a way that I should be taught more in a disciplined way. I mean that that I do. You know um, that they expected that that I would create an environment that they'd be taught in a disciplined way. So that in itself 
is something that if they buy into it, if they add it into the everyday or their their approach or the way to how they conduct themselves, so it would not be a problem for employers. You know, there'll be more positives and negatives, I would think, from an employer's perspective when they employ them. Now, one thing is the employer pay them, but in actual fact, they have to work because they're gaining knowledge and more skills when they're working. There is a certain amount of training that the employer do, and I could see where the commenter on the Facebook post would would be concerned or would be critical because they're giving them a chance to flourish, to um, experience and to be a better person in, in the company and also get paid. But there is also the gain in terms of uh, experience and uh, doing projects and learning uh, as, as they work. And we have recognized that. We have recognized that um, when we devise, when we create and plan out the curriculum for our the architecture program in the university, the idea of building confidence, as I mentioned in part one of the podcast, that everything is personal, building confidence or gaining confidence is an essential situation that one should have you know, we have under your belt some knowledge and skills and some understanding and some study. Um, there's two approach here. One is that going into university, you are exposed to a lot of ideas and a lot of, a lot of what's learning in the studio is through the interaction with your peers and peer reviews and discussions and conversations. So if that is happening in the studio then um and you're disciplined yourself then you can go and be more confident going to employment the other approach is your lecturer which i do that with um kevin Marlow and some lecturers lisa fu when we conduct uh the studio programs we don't only leave the students to to be motivated themselves, we we actually have to conduct well ourselves. We actually put in the work, the hard work, the discipline ourselves on our part as lecturers, so that the students see that and they will put will do their shift. They will do the work that's necessary. Number one, number two is we would want the student. We're training them. We're not just let let the condition of the the program or the environment or everything else could you know conspire to help them motivate themselves we are aware to motivate them ourselves we actually talk to them if they raise issues we actually addressed it and we actually observe and see that the student is perhaps confused so we actually ask them are you confused or or in different ways so that they can ask the right questions in their journey of um, acquiring knowledge and skills. So what I'm trying to say is that, um, yeah, there is an extra effort that 
that one has to do in order to um um uh it's not producing but in order to get this to in order to do it so that the student get more confident and more understanding because it's not one thing it's many things sometimes the topic is about housing but you have to think about community you have to think about neighborhood you have to think about master planning sometimes the topic is about a marketplace but you have to see the system flow digital flow even logic obviously logistical flow physical flow and this bordering on engineering so it's not like you know architecture is so much more um arts and humanities and science so you have to deal with sociology or psychology or or other aspects sometimes when dealing with a particular thesis topic so as a lecturer we must tell uh, we must like create a situation where there is a lot of discussion or the, that the uh, students would do the um the necessary research um the justification of the programs and the reminders are done and it's up to the students to actually um take uh, the opportunity and the challenges that is afforded by them making decisions now that's another thing that i really would like to focus on when everything is personal is everything is personal because you feel that you will lose out if you're not into the game you will feel that an opportunity is lost if you just be lazy or you do not want to learn or do not put the hard work so what i'm trying to say is that when you come into um uh in a studio environment at university as a chance for you to to actually learn in a chill way so so is you do have a lot of work and how you manage it is you will grind out and push on being disciplined you will learn how to be disciplined in your work in your everyday you know managing yourself so so it's kind of chill you know and it's kind of like a situation where a different kind of stress yeah um there's a lot of advantages in 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 growth and transformation that we see um can happen and the exploration of different topics um how much individualism how much independence one would want to um one would want to have the experience of you want to be very collaborative with the lecturer so the, from our side we have if a student wants to be as collaborative or want to take one to discuss ideas more deeply and want to find a technical solution and we can't answer it straight away we'll we'll try to get uh experts or we'll we'll try to guide them to go and explore it in a certain way that happens a lot in detailed design uh, stages and detailed design stages is the most interesting stage to me because that's what um shows the the qualities of the architect when they are when you transplant this experience of doing detailed design managing your details managing your architecture programming making into uh volume space and detail and developing it this is 
an exact environment that you will find when you are in uh, employment in an office, working in an office. It may be a new project. The expectations or the stress is different. But when you know what to do with detailed design, you know, you don't just leave it to other people to resolve this. You're actually taking charge because the architect is what it says on the tin. It is an architect is the person who is the brain that is um, the uh, the brain of the, the project, the person who leads, yeah? There are projects with contracts, predictable ones, where you just have a project manager, obviously, um, and the architect just left leave it until tender documentation or even conceptual design and, and don't really meddle with the rest of the processes in the work plan uh, of a project. But... But there are many uh, companies that also deal with ensuring that the detailed design goes to the project implementation stage with the other consultants, the quantitative surveyor, the engineers, and the contractors. I mean, there are architecture companies that are concerned with um, seeing it through from the conceptual to the final product of to building, yeah, to constructing. And so that is the the most exciting to me in terms of having to go through all the processes because you get to experience the different um, stages and what is expected in dif- different stages. So we try to to have this uh, training and uh, programs that reflect exactly or as close as possible to what's happening in um, in in uh, practice, architecture practice after the graduation, so this is a critical design thesis project that is spanned for about a year, and you have enough time to actually go into detail design with such projects. You know, such projects should not just leave it to a schematic or a bit of development, um, development design development. No, you go into detailed design. You go into actually testing it more and more with your peers. So this is the role of the coach, the role of the um, studio master or the studio tutors, that they have to have those skills, the necessary discipline as well. So the students, okay, I understand. This is what you need so that you can go through the process of finding out how to detail out a problem. So that is... To me, the the least, the the very least that one should do. So, the lecturers take it personal. So the students will also take it personal. The lectures being personal, meaning I care about your education. I care that you gain conf- you will gain confidence after going through this training program, and I take it personally that you'll be developed into that human being that you know, that I see myself, I should be that human being, and you see yourself, that you should be that human being. To that extent, yeah, to that extent, that um, uh, that one could do, one could do with the architectural, um, architecture design course. One could actually... Um, instill, one could actually inspire, one could actually show the way f- 
for younger people to emulate or to to uh, have a, a whole methodology of how to approach that discipline called architecture. So that's why um, this particular piece of podcast episode is very important to me because it's to do with what I aspire teaching to be. And it's a conclusion of my teaching um, with younger people um, in an architecture department in a university. This is, I've done it. I've, um, I was blessed that I had um, Kevin Matlow and Lisa Fu and many others whom I've met, of course, although they were not directly doing this sort of course, they, they, um, the department, yeah, Department of Architecture, University of Malaya, um, afforded us to actually conduct this course on um, focusing on the philosophy of designing with um, context specificity after Kevin Matlow coined this term. And I learned a lot from being part of the team of lecturers uh, being the full-time academic staff, um, I know that the leader does not necessarily be me. And the leader has to be very inspirational. And I was blessed that Kevin Matlow was the leader for a number of this program, in particular, a Kampong Baru a Bukit Selon group, um, Kampong Krinchi and PJ Old Town. We, unfortunately, we could not uh, finish it with the last batch due to unforeseen circumstances. But from our experience together, and then we did, um, he also helped to lead, but not really in the design thesis because people have made up their mind to learn. You know, they, they signed up for the unit because there are like 50 people or 45 people and then 12 or... Um, you know, the maximum was 15, which signed up with unit, with this unit. We call it unit two. So they made up their mind. In design thesis, they made up their mind to be in this unit. And they know that Kevin Matlow is in this unit and myself. And they know, and Lisa, and they know that this unit provides this training. So um, they could have, it's, it's above and beyond the idea that students should find their own project and their own site is is this is this decision was made that let's concentrate on, on a, in a neighborhood like Campo Grinchi or PGO Town, Campo Baru or Bukit Selon. What are the issues? Then we do some urban studies and um, site analysis. We may came up with the master plan. We didn't come up with a good master plan earlier, or we were ourselves experimenting on context specificity, we did. So um, uh, we, um, in Kampong Krinchi, was, the master planning was a bit big. The students, the number of students, was, I think 14 students, I'm not sure. but And um, it was kind of, it, there was certain concentration of certain area. It was a big area. And um, compared to PJ Old Town, which has, a certain road emphasis on the certain sites in certain road. So there was more, uh, in a way, well prepared 
PGO Town than Campo Crici, but it was nevertheless a good experience. And along with the critique, um, people who came for the external critique, um, because the external critique are the peers, and these peers are company directors, successful successful com- company directors, such as Chris Wong of C Arch, um, uh, Kamil Marikan of uh, GDP, uh, Lok Chuping of GDP, um, Amna Emir of New Formation, uh, BC Ang and Ang Wingsia of uh, WHBC. Um, individuals that are strong in their own right, you know. Um, and the students, when they have, when they task their designs with these people. Later on, we had, interestingly, because of COVID-19, we had online uh, presentations and critique with uh, Chia Kok Meng of uh, National University of Singapore and Shuba uh, in Ahmedabad, uh, India. So, so how you, we, obviously you will gain confidence if the um, peers um, who are experienced, very experienced and knowledgeable and uh, critical architects uh, all over the world and in Malaysia are in your design thesis uh, critique, you will gain confidence because you set the bar higher or leveled up you know, in terms of of uh, putting yourself together to 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 uh, dis- draw out and to argue your case. So, building confidence is so important, and finding yourself, identifying yourself, the identity, um, sorry, self identity include seeing yourself as part of a community, as part of a vocation, a purpose, full life in architecture, and architecture is the vehicle for that purposeful life. You know, um, it's something that I'm advocating a lot about in mental health, um, where you love yourself uh, and identify yourself as having a place, having space to improve and exponential exponentially um grow and transform yourself from 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 where you are to a person who um continuously apply your knowledge and don't give up so that's why we do the things we do um in our studio the unit 2 studio because um, of we see that the individual will flourish later on. Because, of co- obviously, by the age of 40, this in- individual will find themselves able to, to compete, you know, with anyone globally. So... Everyone is important coming to the studio. Everyone has, we place, uh, I mean, we we respect every individual coming into the unit. Our students, we whom we um, 
taught in the second year, some of them came back and some of them didn't get a chance to be in the design thesis, but some of them came back and, um, and some of them, we're working with these students, um, the whole attitude of, um, of bettering oneself, being better as you progress is in there in some of the students' attitudes. And some students went, although they were not in the group which did context specificity, they were, they caught on to that idea and that attitude. They were from the earlier batch to 2008 to 2011. We had three batches. And there were a few from that batch who, who, to continue with the same attitude because they, they chose where to be, where to learn, and kept in touch with, with us individually. So I'm very happy. I mean, uh, looking into my retirement in a few days' time uh, from civil service, retirement from the university, and um, formal teaching, I still do this podcast and um, I still keep abreast of uh, architecture education. There are uh, universities or entities that ask me to do training. And also, I like to put it out that I do training for universal design and accessibility. And I am really um, particular about training and getting the right sort of knowledge and skills Um in order to grow further in whatever that you want to do, in particular in in focusing on the functional aspects of architecture and universal design, design with empathy. So with that, I thank you for listening to this podcast and we'll meet again in another one. Thank you.